From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from across Southeast Ohio. This week, diversity advocates at Ohio University are skeptical about its new inclusive excellence plan. And I think how much money the university is willing to put behind it really shows their level of commitment. So that's why I'm more interested in departments and institutions getting the funds. And Athens' first medical marijuana dispensary opened earlier this week. Black community and the Appalachia community have a lot in common. Um, And uh, we talked earlier about the war on drugs that the black community went through. And now the war on drugs that the Appalachian community is going through. Everybody's going through it and it affects so many of us. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. For some, the pandemic has inspired people to make their ideas into reality. WUB's Nick Veland has the story of one Athens business that brings the joy of going to a copy shop to your front door. It's Saturday afternoon and Daniel Palmer is in his kitchen chopping apples, making the dough, and putting the muffins in the oven. Once the muffins are done baking, he bags them up, puts them in a cardboard box, and he's ready for an early Sunday morning. Wake up around 7, 6.50, 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning, and then brew the coffee, and then out the door by 8. Out the door with coffee canisters and a box of muffins, Palmer spends the next couple of hours delivering hot coffee and muffins to people's doorsteps, all a part of his business appropriately named Cafe Doorstep. The idea all started with a tweet just after everything shut down in 2020. When no local businesses took it up, Palmer took matters into his own hands. Now Palmer's weekends revolve around Cafe Doorstep, from stocking up the ingredients on Friday to getting the pastry prepared on Saturday and then the final delivery on Sunday. His passion for finding a coffee to pair with a pastry also adds a unique aspect to the business. You don't get to choose what you get. On this week's menu, an apple pie muffin was paired with Silverbridge Coffee Company's Buckeye Breakfast Blend. Palmer says that the profit margins for the business are small, but his love for coffee keeps him going. And he hopes all this baking and hard work is a step towards something bigger. It's never been like a dream to be a baker or open a bakery, but I have had dreams of like wanting to open a cafe, and so this is like a step in that direction, I guess. <laughs> for The Outlet, I'm Nick Veland in Athens. You can find more information on Cafe Doorstep online or on Instagram. Ohio University students will have until November 15th to decide whether to get vaccinated or face the consequences. Madison Moore talked to some students to get their reaction to the requirements. Students that fail to get vaccinated or receive an exemption by the deadline will be allowed to finish out their fall semester, but won't be allowed back as a student in the spring. For some students like Allison Young, the requirement is concerning. It was definitely scary at first because it was feeling like students weren't going to be able to have like the choice of what to do with their own bodies. Um, I was on the flip side. I already had one dose of the vaccine, so I knew that I would be okay. But it really did hurt seeing my friends who were really affected, who wanted to stand strong and put their foot down behind not getting the vaccine. So I respected their wishes. Freshman Pierce Barlow was happy with the decision. I think that we need it. I think more people need to get vaccinated so we can stop the spread and get campus life back to normal. 
Dr. Gillianice oversees the university's COVID response. She says she understands there will be a variety of opinions about the requirement, but the reality is vaccine requirements are happening. Vaccination isn't going to fix that problem right here and right now, but it's going to it's going to help us avoid that in the future. But the reality of it is, is there there are fewer and fewer options for students um, who don't want to be vaccinated because, you know, the majority of the state universities require it. Um, most privates require it. ICE says students that don't get vaccinated face limitations off campus. The Union Bar in Athena Cinema is among the venues requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test in order to enter. Students are going to have fewer and fewer opportunities for outside the university if they're not vaccinated. And that's something we don't even control. Um, but it is a concern that we want our students to have the richest experience, which includes experiences outside of the walls of the university. I says because of the requirement, the university plans to have things go back to how they were before the pandemic. But we need to double down and, and take every level of prevention seriously so that we can get back to all the things that we really want to do. Nobody wants to live like this anymore. Nobody. For The Outlet, I'm Madison Moore in Athens. According to OU's current COVID-19 policy, unvaccinated students are required to get weekly COVID-19 tests. All students are still required to wear face masks inside university buildings, regardless of vaccination status. Athens' first medical marijuana dispensary is open for business. WUB's Ben Schwartz spoke with owner and CEO Arianne Kirkpatrick about what she hopes to accomplish in town and more. Athens' first medical marijuana dispensary is open for business. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It's so wonderful to see everybody here. We have three dispensaries, Columbus, Athens, and Beaver Creek. So Beaver Creek will be our next one to get open, and we have a cultivation site um, in Ironton. Harvest of Ohio held its grand opening this week hosting Athens residents including Mayor Steve Patterson and City Council President Christine Nisley. Harvest's Athens location is the company's second dispensary to open, and CEO Arian Kirkpatrick believes it's a prime spot for their second branch. And I thought Athens would be a good location. I thought it would be a place where I can relate um, because the black community and the Appalachia community have a lot in common. Um, and uh, we talked earlier about the war on drugs that the black community went through and now the war on drugs that the Appalachian community is going through. Everybody's going through it and it affects so many of us. So it's something that I think that is important that we concentrate on. And while Kirkpatrick sees plenty of obstacles to overcome, she's already confident that Athens is the place for harvest. I am so happy to be here and when I pulled up I was so happy to meet one of the patients that told me that this was something that helped his wife. She had cancer twice. He's five miles down the street. He had been driving to another community 40, mi 40 minutes away. Reporting for WOUB in Athens, I'm Ben Schwartz. Kirkpatrick says she hopes this new location can help build harvest of Ohio's momentum, expanding access to patients in Athens and the surrounding areas.
For over three years, Ohio University's Office of Diversity and Inclusion has been working on a plan filled with ambitious goals, action items, and timetables. As Will Price reports, while the plan is in its early stages, some in the community still have concerns. Ohio University hopes their new initiative, named the Inclusive Excellence Strategic Plan, will strengthen diversity and inclusion across its campuses. But those that advocate for diversity on campus remain skeptical of the plan in its opening days. Ohio University professor Dr. Akil Houston says OU's efforts in diversity and inclusion have been inconsistent. I have attempted to be a part of diversity initiatives, and over the years I have questioned whether or not there is a sincere commitment to actually do these kind of things. He says he believes OU has focused on diversity and inclusion at times when it's also in the national spotlight. Efforts at diversity and inclusion tend to mirror the political winds of the moment. So there are times when we are very much interested, we want to do this, and there are times when we're not. Houston says he thinks the plan is a good starting point, but the university needs to maintain a strong commitment to these efforts. And I think how much money the university is willing to put behind it really shows their level of commitment. So that's why I'm more interested in departments and institutions getting the funds. Um, You know, I'm all for bringing speakers to campus. I think that's wonderful. Uh, But I think we need to institutionalize some of these ideas so that we're not having the same conversation five, ten years from now. Dr. Gigi Sakubin is the head of the university's Office of Diversity and Inclusion. She says one of the plan's strengths is that it will be evaluated yearly. A number of campuses will have end dates to the plan or end dates where they'll say it'll be a five-year plan or it's a 10-year plan. And then at the end of that time, we'll review it and give you updates. But we thought it was much more progressive to be able to say, we're going to report on this plan every year. So every spring, we'll report on the progress of the plan. Before she graduated this past spring, Betty Miller had several meetings with the university while they developed the plan. She says the NAACP student chapter created a presentation to help set goals for the administration. We looked up uh, diversity and inclusion strategic plans from, what, seven, eight different universities. So after we did that research, we pulled out what we think would be the most effective at OU. While several of those points appear to be in the plan, Miller says she still hopes the university can improve its efforts. Because at the end of the day, no marginal lot, no student wants to come in and have to uh, fight for um, visibility at OU. Um, it's people who should be hired to do that for the students. For the outlet, I'm Will Price. For those who want to see the plan, it can be found on the webpage of the university's Office for Diversity and Inclusion. OU's club hockey team has a new coach. WOUB's Joseph Collins has more on what the new coach hopes to accomplish this season. With the start of their season getting closer and closer, the Ohio Bobcats club hockey team made headlines around Athens when they announced that assistant coach Lionel Marone would become the 15th head coach in Ohio hockey's history, a role Marone says he is ready to take on. Oh, it means a ton. Uh, obviously, I, I believe I proved myself last year and they believe in me. We have a great relationship. Um, and they trust that I can help them get where they want to go. Um, so to me, I'm really excited. Marone has taken over the Bobcats program after they parted ways with their previous coach after the first losing season for Ohio since 1987. With that in mind, 
Moran has set clear expectations on what he wants from his team on and off the ice. Well, coaching in college, I think we want to develop hockey players, not, not only on the ice, but also in the classroom and in our community. Uh, I want to bring the program to the people of Athens, uh, be more involved in our community. Uh, for the team itself, if you play for Ohio, you want to win a national championship, and, and that's the goal every year. So this year's no different. Marone is someone with a lot of professional hockey experience. Born in Lausanne, Switzerland, Moran played elite youth hockey for Lausanne's junior team before going over to the United States in 2014. He wound up playing NCAA Division III hockey at Curry College for four years, and he even had some experience in the ECHL, two leagues before the NHL, before he eventually found his way to OU after graduating college. Just last season, Moran was a graduate assistant with the Bobcats while working to get a degree in coaching education. Now he's at the helm of one of Ohio's most popular sports clubs and understands what is now expected of him on a daily basis as the head coach. I think the hockey duties are pretty much the same, but running the operations and um, being involved in the community and all that work takes a lot of time, but it's exciting. I'm, I'm really happy to be in this role. and I think we're going to do great things, even though my days are pretty busy now. Moron and the Bobcats will once again get the chance to play in front of fans, something they didn't get to do last year as Bird Arena announced that it will allow 50% capacity for its games this season, or about 500 fans. Masks are required for attendance. It's safe to say that they are all very excited for the chance to once again pack the bird in a sense this season. I, I can tell they're already excited. I think for me the challenge is not for them to lose their head and, and kind of stay focused and play our game. But the energy around campus right now is phenomenal, um, and we definitely want to use that to our advantage. The Bobcats open up the regular season Friday, September 24th at Bird Arena against the John Carroll Blue Streaks. Reporting for the outlet, I'm Joe Collins in Athens, Ohio. The Brooksville football team has faced challenge after challenge going into the season, but as Alex Porter reports, they still hold on to hope for the season ahead. Every sports team has dealt with adversity in the last two years, but for the Crooksville Ceramics, the term has taken on a whole new definition. Prior to the start of the 2021 season, electrical issues around the stadium prevented Crooksville's home stadium, Village Park, from hosting any games. No power could be sent to the stadium lights, press box, or concession stands. The result was Crooksville Superintendent Kevin Smith announcing the Ceramics wouldn't host a home game this year. It's been a difficult stretch for head coach Casey Valley and his team. Perhaps one of the biggest challenges is the traveling. As far as the, the traveling, um, you know, it's just every week, um, you know, long trips too. Uh, the first four, first four weeks for us or, you know, all four was over hour trips. But the difficulties don't stop there. Um, we, we only have five seniors. Uh, we're a young group. They, they've dealt with a lot of adversity, you know, as we was talking earlier. You know, it started last year with COVID, only getting to play eight games. Along with the issues of the stadium, the ceramics are dealing with losses of special community members. But they have found a way to commemorate those special people. Uh, in November, we lost the assistant head coach, uh, Greg Williams, to, to COVID. Um, we lost another faculty member about three months later. And then another one, you know, three months. So, you know, in this small town, we lost three very important people out of school. The losses of the three Crooksville faculty members was difficult, but Valley found a way to keep their memory alive. 
Every ceramic player wears a sticker on the back of their helmet with the initials of those that passed away. You know, we lost, you know, three very good people, um, you know, wearing stickers and um, memory and honor of them. Despite the continuous difficulties for the ceramics, linebacker Austin Love has hoped for the rest of the season and a message to the Crooksville student body looking to make the travel for the team's games. I feel like we'd play a lot better if they'd come. If we had a big student section, I feel like we'd go all out. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett. We're edited by Atish Baidya, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at wub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore wub and Instagram at wub underscore outlet. We'll be back next week with more stories from the southeastern Ohio region.